don't draft them. It's really simple. These are guys that I think that you shouldn't be picking where they're currently going in fantasy basketball drafts. A do not draft list, as it were. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I'm wearing an onion on my belt as was the style at the time. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Okay. So obviously, do not draft lists are garbage and do not exist. I've mentioned this many times, but these shows always bring in the new papal. So papal? Papal. No, we're not talking about people that live in the Vatican City, the new people. So welcome to you guys. A do not draft list is garbage. But what I am looking at here is in a category league, a 12-team league, which is 60 70% of leagues, we are looking round by round at the guys at their current ADPs on Yahoo, ESPN, and Fantrax, that I'm not touching. Not touching at those spots. When they fall, sure. And the further we go down the list, the more you can take risks and chances if you fully believe in guys. I'll explain my rationale for all of these blokes. Might as well get into it. This, uh, these are the guys that I'm going to hot take you to do not draft, but I'm also going to suggest that think about it. Except the first round guys. I'm very much... Adamant is, yeah, adamant. I'm pretty adamant that if you take these guys at these spots, it's not going to work out that well for you. So let's have a crack. We're looking at round one and the controversy starts here. Luka Doncic's ADP is three on Yahoo. It is three on Fantrax. It, you shouldn't do it. He's, his ADP is three. It is the second highest ADP. His ADP on ESPN is three as well. I'm not including him on the ESPN do not draft, but he is. His ADP is three, which is second highest on all these sides. So basically he's going off the board number two. Why is that happening? Well, some of it is the ADP gets influenced by points leagues, which does bump Luca up. Now in a category league, Luca does have some deficiencies. He's not the strongest at field goal percentage. He is well below average in free throw percentage. It's not must punt. Absolutely not. It's not. He does rack up points, rebounds, assists. He's good at steals. He hits threes. He's actually decent for a volume scorer. He's good at field goals, but he's not giving you a gigantic positive there. But why am I telling you that picking Luca at ADP 3 or 2, which is where he's going in a lot of drafts, is a bad decision? Very, very simple. In the week that ends on March the 24th, which, if you use my recommended dates, is the final week of a head-to-head playoff, if you finish your league on March 31st, it's playoff semifinals. If you play in Yahoo's recommended setting, which ends on the 7th of April, it is the first week of the playoffs. Your second overall pick will play two games. Now, I am not a person that drafts exclusively for playoff schedule. But when I think there are other players who are definitely equivalent, if not better, in Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, Shea Gildas-Alexander, perhaps even Steph Curry or Jason Tatum, 
I'm not taking the bloke at number two or number three who plays two games in the playoffs. Now, if Luca was miles ahead of those guys and he isn't, then the two games I'd be okay with. But he's not. So he moves behind all of those guys. So anyone and everyone comes on every one of my mocks. Huh, why didn't you take Luca at two? This is why. Also, you know, when you use straight ranking numbers, Luca's never been a top 10 player, but you know I have folly in those. Nine cat turnovers, piss them out of here. Punting is always a strategy. So Luca is a top five player. But to say that he is far and away the number two guy, oh, by the way, he's entering the season with a calf injury. And when he played alongside Kyrie Irving last season, his assist rate dropped pretty significantly. Whether it stays there, I don't know. But it dropped significantly. There are way too many things that make me say, if you take Luca at two or three, you're, gonna, you're screwed up. You're done goofed. And then on ESPN, yeah, Luca's a do not draft at three on ESPN. But what the bloody hell is Goose, Anthony Edwards, doing at an ADP of nine? Nine. This man was not a top 20 player last season. I don't know that he's even guaranteed to be a top 20 player this season. Last season, he bumped his usage way up and Towns missed 50 plus games. Is Towns going to be the number one guy? No, he's not. But having your number two player be Towns instead of Russell or for the second half of the season, Mike Conley is an impact. What it does mean to me is it's hard for Edwards to take the next usage step above that. And then he's got to improve percentages. He's got to bring more in the assist category. And I'm not sure he does that enough. And I definitely am not burning pick number nine on grabbing Anthony Edwards, expecting all those things to happen. That is a waste. That, it doesn't lose your league, but bloody hell, you're putting in a good effort to lose it if you do that, I think. And I know that ESPN ADPs are influenced by points leagues as well. Guess what? I wouldn't take eight at nine, uh, Ant at nine in a points league either. Silliness, I believe. Very, very silly. Very silly. But it's not silly at all to look at Bird Dogs because that's what, who this episode is brought to you by. Bird Dogs are the shorts that you've been looking for your entire life. They're the shorts you've been looking for your entire life because they're comfortable. They are like khaki shorts, but they look great. They sculpt your thighs. They bulge your quads. And who doesn't love a good bulge in their pants? That's what Bird Dogs brings you. The anti-stink sweat wicking fabric, fabric stops you feeling all wet and moist down in your short region. They look great with their cloud knit fabric as well. And it transitions from whatever you want to do drinking at a cantina bar, hanging out with your mates, chucking the snags around onto the grill, watching the big game, who's winning the match, all of those things. Bird Dogs do, does whatever you want. Honestly, I live in them. I love wearing my Bird Dogs. And this ad will tell me that, you know, we promise you don't want to take them off. That's what they're telling me to say. But I, I don't care because that is true. And my missus always goes, are you... Still wearing those shorts? And then she tried, we have a fight. She's like, can I wash them? No. I don't want to be without them. I want my bird dogs. And we actually fight about it. Because, yeah, I probably wear them a few too many days. But that's okay. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. Or enter the promo code locked on NBA at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That is birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. As it says, you won't want to take your bird dogs off 
We promise you. Good promise. So that brings us now into looking at um, round two. And I'm probably not quite as aggressive on a lot of these other picks than I am on those ones in round one because round one mistakes can be very crucial. In general, your round one pick, don't overthink it too much within the parameters of, of the correct sort of decisions. Luca at three or two isn't. Ant at nine isn't. That's not the correct decision. But everything else, it's pretty okay. Are you going to lose your lead? Probably not. Right? You probably won't. They're good players still. Ant at nine, not. But you're not going to lose it. But we've got to make sure we make smart decisions all the way through. So in round two, I'm sorry to this man, but I really do like Mikhail Bridges as a player. I'm just not willing to do it at pick 19 in a uh, Yahoo league. In fan tracks, he's got an ADP of 22. Mikhail Bridges put up big usage numbers for the Nets last season. He shot an unbelievably high percentage on his mid-ranges. His defensive numbers fell way away. He's a poor rebounder and assist guy. He played that period of time without Ben Simmons as well. It's very hard to rely fully on stuff that happens post-trade deadline. I worry about his efficiency, which was the hallmark of his game prior to last season, where he was a 63% two-point guy, and that dropped way off. I think he's going to get good usage. I think he's going to score pretty well. But when you lack rebounds, assists, and we saw re uh, steals and blocks fall away, and if he doesn't start cranking at 53% shooting, well, I think you're burning stuff, taking him at 19 and 22. But Josh... Mikhail Bridges has never missed a game in high school or college or the NBA. In fact, Josh, I don't know if you've heard this, he actually played 83 games last season. Wow. Thanks, anonymous person that I'm using to have this discussion with. That is all true. And I, we said the same thing about Russell Westbrook. We also said the same thing about Carl Anthony Towns. How'd that go? It doesn't guarantee shit. It doesn't guarantee a single thing. It's been great. Brook Lopez played 82 games his first two seasons. It's been a great run from Mikhail. Does it give him... Look, we don't have any concerns with previous injuries that worry us with anything. But if your sole reason for taking Mikhail... And remember, if his ADP is 19, that means he's going at 16, in 15, in 14 in drafts. If your sole reason for doing that, well, the man doesn't get hurt. Let me tell you, he will get hurt. I don't know when it's going to be but neither do you. But what I do know is that he will get hurt. It will happen at some point. You can use that as tiebreakers. You, there is no problem with that. But when your sole reason is that, that's where I think the argument comes unstuck. And then, well, this one's obvious. LeBron's got an ADP of 14. ESPN people, pull your head out of your ass. Like, what are you doing? LeBron's 39 years of age. In a category league, he's not remotely even close to this on a per-game basis. This is about bang on where he is in an ESPN points league per-game. But he's 39. He's not going to play enough. If we, and does it sound hypocritical that I'm saying about LeBron and games played versus Bridges and games played? Maybe. But LeBron is 39 with multiple lower, bo lower, bo lower body injuries stacked up over the last couple of years. And when, I will say the number again, when you are 39, is he actually 39? I don't even know. He's turning 39 if he's not 39. When you are 39, it takes longer to heal from all of these injuries. That is just a simple fact of medicine and taking LeBron at 14, which again means some people are taking him at 12. Oh, yuck. No, thank you. Absolutely no, thank you. Um, Round three. 
couple of old favorites here. It's too early on Yahoo for Pascal Siakam, who has an ADP of 29. Siakam is a solid enough points league player around that mark. Early third round is totally okay. In a category league, that's just not it for him. The percentages can be iffy. He's got no defensive stats. And part of the reason he was even able to get where he got the last couple of years is that um, insane legend Nick Nurse would play him 37, 38 minutes a night. And Darko Ryakovic, we haven't seen it in practice, but Darko said, yeah, like, well, we've, we've got to play depth. We're going to go 10, 10 deep. So Pascal might still play 35, but 38 to 35 is a difference. It's enough to drop him down. And when you look at a guy at 29, you've got to look at things. Hey, how safe is the floor? Have I got an 85% outcome of him hitting this mark? Have I got a 10% chance of him getting ahead of this? But I look at him at 29 and go, well, there's a 5% chance he makes this, 2% he exceeds it, and 90% he drops below. So that's going to be a strong no from me. On ESPN, I reckon you hear this guy's name again. The big fowler in Chicago, Nikola Vucevic, has an ADP of 32. I've got no problem taking Vuce at 49, at 50, whatever. Vuce played in 82 games last season. Cool. Don't trust that. Over the second half of last season, when the Bulls were playing better and fighting to be better, they reduced his minutes. He played 30, 31 a night. His usage has gone down three consecutive seasons. Now his uh, overall shooting numbers actually jumped an inordinate amount last season, but he never blocked shots. He never really has, but they're dropped off. He's never been a super strong three-point shooter. He is 33 as well. And I just don't think, A, that he maintains the usage and true shooting from last season. I think there's a risk of both of those falling. The minutes, what do they do? And then again, if you are basing drafting him at 32 based on the fact that he played 82 games last season, good luck. That doesn't mean anything. Don't pick him at 32. And on fan tracks, De'Aaron Fox sits with an ADP of 30. I'm not, I'm not really sure why. Again, we're looking at the numbers that Fox put up last season. He improved his free throws really well. But he also had the best rim finishing season that we have almost ever seen. His finishing percentage at the rim was higher than prime Shaquille O'Neal. It was higher than LeBron James. Is that who Darren Fox is as a player? He's a pretty good finisher. But if you go from, we have never seen this ever, to being still really good, that might be five percentage points drop. It's probably too much. Maybe it's two. Maybe it's five percentage point drops from the rim, and that leads to two percentage points overall in his field goals. To tie that in with the fact that he was that unbelievable clutch player, which I don't know if we if you know this, but clutch numbers usually are relatively random year on year. Two years ago, the guy that did that was Demar Derozan. Last season, the Bulls were one of the worst clutch teams in the NBA. So there's no guarantee that a Fox is red hot in fourth quarters like he was, or B, is finishing at the rim like that. And you're expecting him to do that if you're drafting him at 30. Again, points league bias pushes him a little bit higher there. But you've got to know that. You've got to understand what these numbers mean. Fox is totally okay at the beginning of round four. Even the end of round three, I get it if you're chasing assists. So this is not outrageous to take Fox at 30. But there are better players who are available there. And it just... Yeah, his numbers don't don't generate that level of buzz for me in that position. And that's even with when I'm looking, because I'm doing all of this with minus one rankings, taking away the player's worst category. Fox is great. Really, he was super impressive. I don't think it's worth that pick, though. 
Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. So snap, I want them to change this. Snap into the NFL season with FanDuel. No, no, no. Tip off the NBA season with FanDuel. I'm ad-libbing. America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time with the NBA starting in a week, college basketball in a couple of weeks as well. We're going to do a show looking at over-unders, thanks to FanDuel. Future bets for player awards, thanks to FanDuel. You can bet all of that. Preseason action, opening night, all of those things are available on FanDuel Sportsbook. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and tip off the NBA season. FanDuel, they are an official partner of the NFL, and I believe they're an official partner of the NBA as well. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. So that is three rounds down. Let's do round four. One of the names we'll repeat here. Let's start on Yahoo. Drew Holiday is at 41. That ADP has not really shifted much since he was traded to Boston. Drew is a player to me that you look at back end round five, early round six. He plays alongside Tatum, Brown, and Porzingis. He might, as you heard on the live show yesterday, talking to John Corrales of Locked On Celtics, he might come off the bench. 41 would be an insane pick. Don't do it. On ESPN, old um, old big toe legend Brandon Ingram has an ADP of 43. Ingram is a guy that is solid enough across the board. Good rebound on a good assist player, good scorer. Percentages have improved remarkably. Doesn't get steals or blocks but also is going to be the second option behind Zion, assuming Zion plays, let's even say 50 games. He didn't have to worry about that last season. Plus, Ingram's had quite a few lower body issues over the last couple of years, which accumulating lower body injuries always makes me a bit more skeptical. If you've broken your finger a couple of times, I pay no attention to that injury-wise. If you've had a couple of repetitive lower body things, I'd be a little bit more cautious. I'm not, do not drafting them, or I am not drafting Ingram here, that's because he's pushed too high. But at 55, 56, 60, that's good. 43, no. And then on fan tracks, Vooch is at 41. And you might say, well, Josh, you didn't like Vooch at 32. Correct, I didn't. But you don't like him at 41? Not really. I think there are other guys available. Zach Collins, not taking him at 50 or 40, is a relatively close facsimile to Vooch, except Zach blocks more shots. Now, Zach will have lower minutes and lower usage, but... I'd rather even DeAndre Ayton over Vooch, a similar prototype as well. I just think centers who don't block shots at age 33, who have seen minutes usage trend downwards, not willing to bet on them beating or repeating what they did the previous season. To me, that's just not a good use of my resources. In round five, three young guys who I actually, well, some of them I like quite a bit. Shout out to Toronto. On Yahoo, Paolo Bunkero has an ADP of 58, and I expect that Paolo is going to take steps forward this season. But for him to hit this mark for every team, he needs to improve field goals, free throws, steals, and blocks. Pretty hard to do. He has shown more aptitude defensively through the World Cup and through preseason, but the percentages have still been rough. That puts him into sort of Julius Randle-type territory, which is okay around this area. It's okay, but at 58, it's just hard for me to get him there. And I just, I like Polo under certain, and this is how category leagues work. They're tough to completely rule guys out of any situation. 
Like in certain teams, it all makes sense. Man, I, 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 I need points, rebounds, assists. Like I've neglected them in four rounds, but my percentages are really strong. Maybe Paolo makes sense for me or Randall makes sense, right? That, but that's not everybody. So when we're trying to look at do not drafts and busts and all that sort of shit, I want to make it so that it makes sense for a large portion of people because I can twist and manipulate things as much as I want. Well, if I actually punt four categories, he's the fifth best player. Cool. It doesn't really mean anything though, does it? So Paolo at 58 is a do not draft in most cases. Scott Barnes on ESPN has an ADP of 52. This is, I don't want in round five to be drafting. And that's the same goes for Paolo, I think. Best case scenario situations. Barnes is not the starting point guard in Toronto, almost definitely. That is going to be Dennis Schroeder. Barnes will play alongside Schroeder. But like I said with Siakam, does Barnes just play fewer minutes under Ryakovich? Does his shooting improve? Because I got shit out last season. He was bad as a rookie. He was also bad in college. Maybe he is a bad shooter. Paolo, I don't look back to Paolo. I don't think Paolo's a bad shooter. I think he's inefficient at this point. I think Barnes is actually just a bad shooter. He can improve clearly. He's very young. But for a guy that's a good defender, he doesn't generate good defensive stats either. And I'm not sure he's going to get this sizable, gigantic uh, usage bump. In round, in the next round, round six, Barnsley would be okay. But not here. And I love Josh Giddy. He just turned 21. But on fan tracks, his ADP is 51. No. Giddy has his own issues. Free throw percentage is low. Steals and blocks are low. He is... All these guys are pretty similar. Points, rebounds, assist player. Players. Giddy's a lower points guy, but a better assist guy. He improved his field goal percentage significantly. I really think he's going to be a solo player, but I do worry about the construction of this Thunder team. In the preseason, he hasn't really shown much pop. There's Shea, there's Jalen, there's Chet. I worry that Giddy, who did have an above average usage last season, just sees things tip down a little bit. So him at 51 is burning all upside. And introducing all downside into your pick. I think it's silly to be looking at him there. I love what Brook Lopez did last season, but I'm not doing it again. So in round six, Brook Lopez pops up as a do not draft on both Yahoo and on Fantrax. ADP 68 on Yahoo, 65 on Fantrax. Why you might say, Josh, Brook Lopez actually ranked higher than Giannis last season. A, he didn't. And B, cool. But we have to factor in a lot. And there are, I have realized, and I didn't really think about this. There are a lot of people who go into the new fantasy season and base all of their stuff on last year's numbers alone, which I will do an analysis on this at the end of this season. My previous analyses on this, which I haven't done for about two years, has shown that the top 150 sees one third of it change year on year. And that's change as in drop out of the top 150 versus new ones coming in, let alone how far guys move. So Lopez did do that last season. He did that as a 35-year-old, posting career-high in block numbers. I think almost career-high usage. Not, no, actually not quite. Probably five-year high in usage and played way more minutes than he had in the past. A, he's got a new coach. B, he now has Damian Lillard as a teammate. And C, we assume that Chris Middleton's going to play more than 30 games than he did last season. So Lopez... He's probably the fourth offensive option now. If those blocks vary down to 1.9 instead of 2.5, then the value just disappears. And again, I do not want to trust a 35-year-old player in Brook who is going to see lower usage almost definitely and his value is buoyed or propped by a low-volume variant stat in blocks. 
And then on ESPN, I don't need to discuss this. Spencer Dinwiddie has an ADP of 62. And if you take Spencer Dinwiddie at 62, I'm sorry, you've lost your mind. There's absolutely no rationale for that, I don't believe. He will get some assists, absolutely. But he's piss poor in uh, field goal percentage. He's not a volume threes guy. No rebounds, no steals, no blocks. And I'm not sure what his usage is going to be like. Picking him in round six and at the start of round six, nonetheless, is uh, actual crazy stuff. Round seven. This ADP has not adjusted and it should because this is part of what happens. You may have been listening or watching this podcast for months. You might have heard me say six weeks ago, guys, Buddy Hill's coming off the bench. He's going to see less playing time. Do not pick him in this area. But there are people floating in now going, all right, boys, let's go. Fancy basketball drafts. Bud healed. He was actually 70th last season. Let's go. I'm picking him round seven. Things change. Buddy Heald has requested a trade because he's in the last year of his contract. And this is, again, what I assume happened. Bud, we want you to come off the bench. We love you as a bench guy. He's got, uh, absolutely not. I'm a starter. Get me somewhere different. I'm mean, cool. I'm not, we're not paying you, like I said. We're not paying you 20 million. Get out of here. Paraphrased, of course. Probably less Australian accents in that conversation. But that's what I assume happens. So Buddy Heald, a points and threes player who was around this area last season based on the fact that he started and played like 33 minutes. We're expecting him to do it again? No way. Absolutely not. Outside the top 100 for Bud. Straight to jail. Russell Westbrook has an ADP of 80 on ESPN. Cool points leagues. That might makes a little bit of sense. Category leagues, no way. There is no guarantee he even closes games for the Clippers. And if Jim Harden arrives, what the hell is Westbrook going to do? Nothing. Nothing. Like he's not. There is half that time, if Harden actually plays for the Clippers, Westbrook, there's no need to play him more than 25 minutes. And outside the top 100, fine, do it. Right, but we know there's going to be bad field goals, bad free throws, bad turnovers if you care about it. He's not a high defensive stat player. He's never going to hit threes. And if his usage drops to fourth guy on the team and he plays 25 minutes a night, well, he's just an unrosterable player. And I don't care about that at 120, but I do at 80. And then on Fantrax, Derek White has an ADP of 78. You guys have not adjusted to Drew Holiday arriving. Yes, they are thin. But, and White may still start. According to Corrales, it sounds like he will start. But he will be, at best, the fourth offensive option. Fifth when Drew Holiday is on the court with him. He will not be the number one playmaker with Tatum and Holiday having that role. He will get solid defensive stats, but that's not worth a seventh round pick. He started all of last season and his role this season will be, I'm guessing, relatively similar. Except now that Puzingas and Drew are replacing Marcus Smart and Rob Williams. Big usage differences. So if I look at round eight, well, I just talked about Derek Wax. He's ADP on Yahoo's 84. We're not into it. Sorry, guys. On ESPN, the horse cock himself, Keldon Johnson, has an ADP of 95. Now, I don't know whether Keldon or Sohan or Jones, which two of those three are going to start. But what I do know is that Keldon Johnson has proven to not be a very good category league player. In a points league, that ADP of 95 is actually not too bad for Keldon. But he is a guy that doesn't generate rebounds, assists, steals, or blocks. He can be inefficient from the field and the line. And that might improve if he doesn't have 28 usage this season. But also, if he doesn't have 28 usage, he's not scoring the points that he did last year. And I don't know what his minutes are going to be like, any of that. And I'm okay with getting him at 120, but not at 95. And then on fan tracks, people are bullish on John Collins, apparently. 
is an ADP of 86. I don't buy it. I don't buy that the only reason John Collins sucked last season is because Atlanta didn't know how to deploy him. Um, and you know, oh, he's just playing with Trey and he never got the ball. There is some of that associated with it. But what I've seen in the preseason makes me go, oh, I don't know whether the Jazz are going to use him any differently. Markkinen's going to be the number one guy. There's going to be um, yeah, Jordan Clarkson or Horton Tucker's going to have the ball because he can't thrive without it. Collins, the shooting, I expect to improve. But I'm not doing that in round eight. And a very cogent argument could be made that Kelly Linick makes more sense. A guy that is, I would say, a better defender than Collins. Definitely a better shooter and 100% a better passer. And when your lineup has nobody who can pass and a Collins-Kessler frontcourt is shitful in shooting, well, maybe Kelly makes a little bit more sense pushing a few of those extra minutes in there. I'm not saying not to draft John Collins, even though this is do not draft. I'm not saying not to draft him. I'm saying not to do it at 86. That doesn't sound right to me. In round nine, we are going to talk about the Jazz again because Johnny has an ADP of 103 on our IR. I can't speak on Yahoo. So no, we're looking at John maybe in round 10, not round nine, not round eight. And then on ESPN, Jordy Clarkson, the man on the street has an ADP of 103. I think that Clarkson is going to start, but 103 is absolute best case scenario. But if he starts, that means that Keontae George, Chris Dunn, O'Shea Abaji, and Colin Sexton are all coming off the bench. Is Clarkson going to play 33 minutes a night? I don't know. I Jordan Clarkson was one of those players that I really liked him as a rookie for the Lakers. I thought that he sort of lost his way as a player, was a little bit selfish. But as he's gotten older, and he is older, he's like 30, 31 now, he's becoming one of my favorite players just for what he's like as a person and a teammate. I really respect what he does in terms of the way that he shows his emotion. He interacts with his teammates. He's changed his game to be a much better player. But that doesn't mean that I think that he's going to put up great fantasy numbers or be worth his pick at 103. And then we go to fan tracks, and they've got Keegan Murray at 104. I do expect that things will change a little bit for Keegan in terms of usage pecking order where he was sixth last season. But they're mucking things up with their lineup. It looks like Kevin Herter will come off the bench. But Keegan Murray, it's great to do big stuff in summer league. The preseason, he looks like the exact same Keegan Murray that we saw last season. That's not to suggest he won't improve, but in category leagues, he was about 140th last season. So you're banking in a big improvement here, but where's it coming from? Is he actually getting to 20 usage? Is he getting ever an assist or a steal or a block? Will he ever attempt a free throw? Not ready to be convinced on any of those things. In round 10, I'm okay with Keegan. So his role is relatively secure. At 104, that's like pushing too close to the middle to the start of round nine for my tastes. And if he goes inside the top 100, I'm just not having it. I'm not sure. Young players improve and I'm all about taking swings on guys. I'm just not sure he's got huge. Is there a top 70 player in there this season? I don't think so. And it's about balancing probabilities. What's the best that I can see? Maybe 90th. What's the median for him? 120th, I think. So at 104, it doesn't make sense. And the last round we're going to look at for standard leagues is round 10. So who do I hate here? I hate Bobby Portis at 111. Why? Bobby Portis requires Giannis or Brooke to be out to return close to this value. 
What is he as a player? He's a points and rebounds guy who hits some threes. But he's not a great free throw guy. He's never a steals and blocks guy. And he's not an assist player. And he probably plays 23 minutes a night. And remember, for most of last season, he was getting every minute backing up power forward and center. And this season, Jay Crowder will be getting some of those minutes, I am guessing. So he might play 20, 21 minutes a night unless there's an injury. And to me, that is last round flyer or a stream off the waiver wire. Not take him to be a starter, which would that ADP would suggest. On ESPN, Christian Wood's got an ADP of 119. It doesn't look like Woody's going to start. It does look like it's between Tory and Prince and Vanderbilt at this point. Not even Hachimura. Uh, Jackson Hayes, I think, has played better than Christian Wood. And I think Jackson Hayes is bad. There is... We look at Wooden Goal, maybe he can get 27 or 25 a night, bumping to 30 when LeBron or AD is out. And maybe that's true. But I think he might play like 19, 18 minutes a night in the games when AD plays. And, and that's not worth me taking as a fantasy starter. Get out of here. And then Calden is listed at 116 on fan tracks. I would rather take him around 11, around 12. I don't completely hate Calden at 116. I just think he's a relatively empty player. But if your team is struggling for points... You add him. But if you don't need it, then he's probably not going to work out for you in that position. And that is the solution to all of life's problems. Well, the life's problems being who the hell do you avoid in a draft at that particular spot? If you like this show or you want to hate watch me anyway, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Tell me I suck. Tell me I hate Luca. Tell me I'm anti-Toronto and Siakam or that I just hate horse cocks like Calden Johnson. Drop it in the comments. I don't care. Just do it. Subscribe. Hit the bell. Hit the thumbs up. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.